0: Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz and I want to welcome all of our viewers tonight who are joining us. I hope everyone is doing well on this fine evening. I want to welcome Ruben, Khaleesi, Saz of course is moderating along with Khaleesi on Instagram, oh, sorry on YouTube. We have Bree who's joining us on Facebook. Philip is also with us. Singer Chick is also moderating on YouTube. Morad is with us on Instagram. Don Marie is moderating on Instagram. Daniel's also with us on Instagram as well. Like I said, I hope all of you guys are enjoying your Wednesday, Wednesday evening, uh, staying warm. It's the day before Christmas Eve. Uh, scheduling reminder that we are going to be taking off uh, starting tomorrow for the extended Christmas uh, holiday break. We will be back on the air Monday the 28th. So we won't be on the air for the next four days. I want to wish everybody happy holidays. Have a safe Christmas, safe holidays. Uh, Stay protected, stay safe. And I will see you all guys back here on Monday. So, we got another great submission from TB Edits, and I got to give Thais credit. She is pumping out those videos like there is no tomorrow. And it's not like shoddy work where she's just submitting video after video. These are all quality, quality videos. Amazing videos. I just posted this one within the last hour. Throughout our social media network, and I'm going to play it for you guys here in a second. It is by Thais Baitara, who goes by TB Edits. If you guys want to find her on YouTube and Instagram, so without further delay, it's a Walking Dead tribute, obviously called Family. So let's go ahead and check it out right now. Here it is. We're all dead. Yeah, I know. It's okay. Are you okay? It's tired of losing people. That's all. We've both lost everything. Everything good. I've lost people too. Lori. Shane. Andrea. Glenn. I think she saved my life. She saved your life, too, right? They can save my life. Glenn, save me. Right at the start. Dumbass. Cozy in there? I couldn't save him. It's not your fault when people die. Not always, but sometimes, sometimes it is. That's on me! Zero. It wasn't your fault. You ain't my problem. Sophia wasn't mine. when that little girl came out of the barn. After my mom. The look on your face. I knew you'd do it too. There's no hope. It's more than just hope. What, are we just going to kill all of them? I kill them. We don't kill people. You once said we, we don't, don't kill the living. That was before the living tried to kill us. Still, you could have killed us when you came in. There hadn't been a reason for that. I've killed people. I don't even know how many by now. Hey. But I know why they're all dead. Have you ever seen something that, um... Afterwards you You didn't want to sleep you weren't hungry because when you close your eyes, you could see it And when you try to eat yeah, you too Killing somebody has got to be worse than that It has to be In This life now you kill or you die Or you die and you kill I had to do. Did you do things like that? I did my job out there. Just like all of you. How many people you kill? What you did for me. I had to. I know, and I'm sorry. No one should have to go through that. But she took it too far. You don't kill people that don't deserve it. You deserve it? Yes. I just... It's easy to forget that you're... just a kid. This is definitely your kid! So stop that! Hey! not in charge anymore. Are you confused about who is in charge? Here Get back here! Well, I'm here now! Alright? Yes. Yes, you are. This isn't a democracy anymore. You once said this isn't a democracy? Now you have to own up to that. I put my family's life in your hands. I didn't ask for this. Look at this, folks. We back in Fantasyland. Oh yeah, we're so lucky. You led us all to the Promised Land, isn't that right, Rick? Here we are. Starting right now, we have to live in the real world. Why do we want to live in this world? Damn this life. <laughs> something you can something you run... and run. It's running, it's running. It's running. This is all we get. I still think there's a plan I still believe there's a reason we're the reason we're still here not me he's our family he's our family too you said you're a family that's what you said but these people these people are my family I need to find my family Maybe I can find them here. Your family. You're not gonna find them because they're not lost. I found others. A family. If you can believe it. You got a whole lot of family. And one day when you're older, they're gonna need you to do anything for them. My dad, you're protecting me. Everything we've done, we've done together. We can't do it alone. So there you guys have it. If any of you guys uh, need a reminder as to why we all love The Walking Dead, that video sums it up beautifully. Uh, it hit all the highlights. Great video. I mean, what, what more can you say? Amazing video. I want to thank Thais Patera who goes by TB Edits. For submitting that um, it is available on all of our social streaming on all of our social media networks also on Thais's channel who goes by TB Edits thank you so much for submitting that video and allowing me to share it with everyone else so amazing job as always so let's get on to some news uh, fear the walking dead patient zero now I have always said that that Walker ...that we saw in the first episode of Fear the Walking Dead... ...the one that Nick runs into in that abandoned church... ...could be Patient Zero. Uh, I don't think it'll ever be confirmed, but let's see. After rewatching the first two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead... ...I started doing more research, and to my surprise... ...it seems that original showrunner Dave Erickson said on an episode of Talking Dead that Gloria, Nick Clark's girlfriend, on top of being the first infected that we saw in fear, was also the first infected, period. So there you go. That's some confirmation right there from uh, the showrunner back in seasons one and two of Fear the Walking Dead. Note. Unfortunately, I cannot find any clips of this on YouTube. This revelation left me both happy and confused. On the one hand, I've been waiting, I've been wanting a webisode showing what Gloria did after Nick found her for years. uh, Tales of the Walking Dead could make this a reality. But on the other hand, knowing what I know now, About things at the beginning of the outbreak this doesn't quite make sense so let's see what exactly confuses him to start with in season one of The Walking Dead Dr. Edwin Jenner of the CDC said that Rick Grimes second day awake in the apocalypse was 63 days since the disease abruptly went global which sounds a lot like what we saw in the beginning of Fear. This would fit with Gloria being the first zombie, except he also said that it had been 194 days since the first reports of the virus. To assert that Gloria was the first zombie would mean that in the nearly four months Since doctors began hearing about the virus, she was the only person to die. This doesn't make sense. Well, okay. I see where he's going with this. But what if the virus started out as something that did not make you turn into a zombie? What after four months of this virus spreading and mutating, and we know it's still mutating to this day, it started reanimating the dead. That's a possibility. Using some rough numbers from the CDC in 2018, on average, approximately 7,078 people died uh, in the United States a day. The idea that nobody died in the US over a 111 day span is insane. While I can imagine that it's mathematically possible, the idea that it's all at all probable is something I cannot accept. I like my idea where the differences in the days could be that the virus has mutated. Maybe this thing came on the scene And it wasn't initially uh, reanimating people and as it mutated it led to people the dead being reanimated further muddying the issue is the fact that in the very episode Gloria turns one day later the staff at Temple Community Hospital knew that people dying led to turning into zombies as we see Nick's elderly roommate at the hospital expire, the attending physician told a nurse, if we don't have a rhythm on him in 60, I want him downstairs. Too much we don't know. Don't remember that. I'm gonna to have to go back and rewatch that first and second episode of Fear the Walking Dead. This is intriguing me. If they were that familiar with the problem, it would suggest that other people in the hospital had been dying, presumably from natural causes, or the last couple of days at least, and the staff had been seeing what happened next. This suggests that Gloria wasn't the first zombie, maybe not even the first one in Los Angeles. What does this mean? Well, it means that the identity of the first zombie In the Walking Dead universe is still up in the air. In story it means that there was likely someone else roaming around biting people and spreading the zombie virus even before Gloria died. Though probably not too long or else LA would have been up to its elbows and infected long before the series began. Though considering that we know about how long people at the CDC knew about the virus, that still raises questions as to why the infected did not grow in numbers earlier. But those are questions for another time. So what do you guys think? Want to welcome Mondonis who's with us on Twitch. Welcome, Christy is with us. Uh, on Facebook from Senoya, Georgia. Alright, Christy is where they film The Walking Dead. And all filming productions are on Christmas break right now. Everything is shut down because of the holidays. Uh, CC Weezy says, I gotta rewatch the first two episodes of Fear. I haven't watched them in a while. Same, same for me as well. I haven't seen the first two episodes in quite a bit. Uh, Singer Chick says, can Facebook see our comments? Yes. There is the Restream bot. Restream is what I use to simulcast this to all of our five networks. With the exception of Instagram, who doesn't like to play nice with the other social media platforms, all the other four platforms can see each other's comments. So people on YouTube can message and see, you know, the messages on Facebook to Twitch and so on. Uh, just poor Instagram, because Instagram does has, does not allow their streaming to, uh, they don't give out their streaming key, cannot be integrated through normal means with the rest of uh, the streaming platforms. But luckily, there are third-party programs that I use to include Instagram and make it one of our five streaming platforms. So, uh, anyway, moving on. Golden Globes sparks backlash over The Walking Dead star's new movie. The Golden Globes has sparked a backlash after not considering Minari starring The Walking Dead's Steven Yen for Best Picture categories in next year's awards. The new movie from writer-director Lee Isaac Chung follows the story of a Korean-American family who pursues the American dream in the rural U.S. in the 1980s and has already received huge acclaim and a number of awards. However, according to Variety, Minari will not compete in the best motion picture drama or musical or comedy categories at the golden globes instead it will be considered for it will be considered in best motion picture foreign language due to the film being primarily in korean however a similar controversy arose last award season when Lulu Wang's The Farewell was shut out for the exact same reason. I'm starting to see a little bit of bias going on. And many, including Wang herself, have criticized the Minari decision, particularly because it tells an American story and is made by an American filmmaker. And you guys got to note that award ceremonies like the Golden Globes, the Oscars, are not just for movies for movies made in the United States. It's worldwide. And uh, I think it does suck that if a movie does not get considered because of some subconscious bias against movies that are predominantly told in a foreign language. So I think that sucks. If a movie's good enough, and Stephen Yen is a great actor, we all know that, We saw him for six-plus seasons on The Walking Dead. We saw him develop into such a great actor uh, in the character of Glenn. I have not seen Minari. I will be watching it, but I totally see where they're going at with this. Uh, I have not seen a more American film than Minari this year, Wang tweeted. It's a story about an immigrant family in America pursuing the american dream we really need to change these antiquated rules that characterizes american as only english speaking shang chai and the legend of the ten rings star simu liu also hit out at the decision saying just for the record minari is an american movie written and directed by an American filmmaker set in America with an American lead actor and produced by an American production company. And without spoiling anything, it is a beautiful story of an immigrant family trying to build a life from the ground up. What could be more American than that? Uh, Users went in to chime in as well. Minari is the most best American movie I saw this year. It's complete crap. The Golden Globes on the whole are a joke. These rules are truly terrible. Clearly nobody foresaw a scenario in which an American movie about an American family said in America could be performed in anything other than English. So maybe I got it wrong. Maybe the Golden Globes are only for American movies. But I know for a fact that the Oscars are worldwide. So let's see what happens with Minari when the Oscar nominations are announced. But I guess the Golden Globes are for American-only productions. And it stars American actors, American production, uh, directed by an American, everything American, American actors, but just because the movie's primarily in another language, They're upset that it was shut out because of that from being nominated. Another user tweeted, Golden Globes is basically saying that any immigrant story where where kids and parents speak to each other in a language other than English is un-American. Yen spoke earlier this year at the Sundance studio about he connected with the Minari script, in that it captured a feeling of what an immigrant experience is like. He captured the feeling of what a family is like, what a marriage feels like, what growing up in a religious household feels like. There are so many things that I could relate to with Isaac, the Walking Dead star said. Isaac is the name of the character he plays. I hadn't seen many tellings of stories of the other done in a way that wasn't idealizing them or romanticizing them or needing them to be afflicted by some external force that validates their existence. So there you go. A little bit of unforeseen bias on the part of the Golden Globes. Uh, So anyway, we'll see how that turns out. Let's see what happens when the Oscar nominations are announced. Alright, next on the list, people are only just realizing Rick from The Walking Dead is the sign guy in Love Actually. Really? How many of you guys have seen the movie Love Actually? With uh, Andrew Lincoln and Kira Knightley, where he's outside her door and he's made up these big cue card signs. People, I guess, just now realizing that that is Andrew Lincoln. Uh, who, of course, is Rick Grimes. Did you know that Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead is also Mark from Love Actually? Well, some fans are realizing it for the first time and their minds are totally blown by the news. Andrew Lincoln, who played both Rick in The Walking Dead and Mark in Love Actually, was just 30 when he played Peter's BFF and best man Mark in the classic Christmas film. And it is a classic film. If you guys haven't watched Love Actually, uh, I love Andrew Lincoln. I, you know, I gotta admit, I have a crush on Kira Knightley. I really like Kira Knightley. I respect her as an actress, uh, but I just love Kira Knightley. As every fan will know, Mark was head over heels in love with Kira Knightley's character, Juliet and managed to film an entire wedding video of pretty much just her face and declared his love during that infamous sign scene. But, but fresh-faced Mark is a far cry from Rick Grimes, who's been trying to survive in a zombie apocalypse world for years, and many fans have only just realized that Andrew plays both characters. Now, I've seen Love Actually, and of course, I've watched The Walking Dead. Now, yeah, it's Andrew Lincoln. It's not like he's under a ton of makeup where you can't tell who it is. So, he was younger. I mean, hell, we saw him on The Walking Dead for ten years. Uh, Ten years, people age. But it's not that much where if you see the movie and you're a huge Walking Dead fan... Or Even a casual Walking Dead fan and you just like Rick Grimes Where as soon as you see the character of mark it should not spark right in your head. Hey, that's Rick Grimes but anyway uh, But fresh-faced mark. Oh, I just read that stop the guy in love actually who does the car thing is Rick from the Walking Dead one person tweeted while another said quite possibly maybe the stupidest person ever because I just realized Rick from The Walking Dead is in love actually. I guess people are watching this movie because of the Christmas time uh, because of the Christmas season we're in. I think it took me an entirely too long watching The Walking Dead before I figured out that Rick Grimes is the first And foremost mark and love actually another fan added one person even went as far as to say the realization had quote changed her life I don't know about that adding finding out Rick from The Walking Dead is mark and love actually has changed my life I would like to talk to this person and find out how exactly has that changed your life? I can't imagine. I mean, God knows. I, I have seen a lot of movies and TV shows where it might have taken me a little bit to realize that an actor is from another project that I've seen. And how many times have you guys have seen a movie or a TV show where you see an actor... And they look really familiar. And you're just sitting there. And you're trying so hard not to look it up on IMDb. Because it's like it's right there. It's right there in the front of your brain. And it's about to come out that you know this person from somewhere else. And then you just give in and open up IMDb and cheat. I know I have done that a ton of times. Um, Another fan said that they even consider Love Actually to be a prequel to the walking dead no it's not and now our minds are completely blown when i watch love actually uh i like to think of it as sort of a little prequel to the walking dead rick grimes life before he met Lori. they said no 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 uh you know nice intriguing idea But I really don't see that happening. Um, Not everything that Andrew Lincoln has been in before The Walking Dead is a prequel uh, to The Walking Dead universe. So anyways, I thought you guys would find that amusing. But it happens so often. How many times have our minds have just gone completely blank uh, on something that we have known for years But when the time comes for us to remember it, poof, it just completely disappears. Uh, Muhammad on Instagram, in your opinion, will Rick Grimes return to the show? No, he will absolutely not return to the Walking Dead TV show. That is from his own mouth and from the producers. Rick Grimes is going to be coming back in the movies. uh, Which should, should start shooting here very soon. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the news. But apparently the COVID uh, spread over there in the United Kingdom. Where the movie is set to be filmed. uh, Things are really going downhill. They're going downhill all over the world. Uh, but the UK is a- apparently experiencing this new violent strain of COVID that is making a lot more people sick. So how will that affect them starting the filming of the Walking Dead movies with uh, Andrew Lincoln? Well, it's not good news. That's all I can say. Uh, gruesome FX by Christie on YouTube says, "I do makeup effects." For horror movies, as well as make tourists into walkers when they visit Sonoya. Well, you know what, Gruesome FX, this is a laid-back show. This is our episode before the Christmas break. Not to you know, you know we don't have any big agenda planned for today. So, Gruesome FX, Christy, call into the show. You know, call in. We would love to hear from you. The number to call in is 718-509-9270. Give us a call. I would love to hear about you doing uh, special makeup effects for uh, people visiting Sonoya, Georgia. So if you feel up to talking live on the air, please give us a call. Again, the number is 718 718- five zero nine nine two seven zero the phone lines are open and if you feel like talking Christy I will definitely take your call so let's see if Christy calls and while we're waiting to hopefully she calls let's get started on today's topic today we are going to be talking about is there really a difference between horror movies and thrillers. Um, they are different categories. If you look at categories for a movie, it might be labeled either a horror or a thriller, or uh, some movies are labeled as both, as being a horror and a thriller. So in your minds, do you see a difference? It's something that I've asked myself over and over again, and like I said, tonight's episode is kind of a laid-back episode. I figure why not? Let's uh, try to dig deeper into this topic and see if we can, you know, figure out if there are any subtle differences that distinguish between the two genres. Uh, I see thrillers maybe more as a subgenre of the horror. But anyway, let me bring it up so you guys can see the article as well, and we'll go through it together, okay? Thriller versus horror. Why the subtle differences can save your script. Um, So what are the critical differences? In terms of movie genres, thriller and horror are often mistakenly confused or even lumped together. The truth is, both genres have critical macro and micro differences, but as they share some structure and themes, it's easy to lose track of their vital and unique characteristics. So whether you're writing a horror screenplay or, th- or thriller screenplays, knowing and crucially understanding The genre of your movie is vital. It will help you better understand your story and your future audience. However, simple and absurdly logical as it may seem, the key to the two genres' differences start with their own names. A horror movie wants to horrify, okay? The focus is on the scares In general, the big evil is well-determined. The audience wants to see, almost in a voyeuristic and morbid way, how the victims lose their lives facing the inevitable. In horror, the climax of this confrontation is to escape or to stop the big evil. A clear example of a straightforward horror movie is Halloween. Can't argue with that. The big evil is clearly embodied in Michael Myers. Focus is clearly on the scares. Now, a thriller aims for the thrills. The focus is on solving a mystery, a chase of some sort that generates suspense, tension, and, well, thrills a large percentage of the time the big evil acts from the shadows in a thriller the climax is usually to reveal the identity of the big evil or his her or their future plans so what they're saying is in a horror movie you know who the antagonist is you know who the killer is You know who the bad guy is. And a horror movie, we're watching to see what they're calling the big evil does throughout the progression of a movie or even a TV show. A thriller is, uh, according to their definition, paranormal movies or the big chunk of paranormal movies will probably fall under the thriller category. Because throughout the majority of paranormal movies, you are trying to figure out what's going on. Is a person possessed? Is a house haunted? What is it haunted by? Uh, Is somebody gonna die? Are they just gonna get the the crap scared out of them? It goes on to say, Alfred Hitchcock's rear window is a perfect example of a thriller and going to going back to Alfred Hitchcock he is like the master of thrillers the absolute focus of the narrative is on the reoccurring tension of a disabled man trying to prove that his neighbor is a murderer so it all sounds incredibly logical and simple but then why the confusion between thriller and horror. The fact that there exists an iconic horror music video called Thriller did not exactly help. And, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. I'm sure you guys have heard or seen Michael Jackson's Thriller video. Uh, It's it's a classic. Uh, Zombies and Vincent Price laughing, telling the tale. Wow, I mean, I remember watching that when it first came out. Anyway, speaking more rigorously, the confusion is understandable. A chase thriller can logically be full of scares, horror. In many ways, the vital elements of each genre complement each other. In addition, the manner in which both genres tend to be structured is very similar. During the first half, or first two acts, the threat presents itself to the protagonist, the good guys. And at some point, they manage to barely escape the threat, or big evil, in the final act. They are forced to face the the threat on top of that many well-known films exist in that fringe zone between the two genres so let's take a look at some successful horror thrillers so these are hybrids that are both horror movies and thrillers uh cc wheezy writes with a movie like along came a spider be considered a thriller? I would say yeah. I would think so. I I do, I do. Uh, the chase uh, in thrillers and the scares in horror have a unique communion. The and some films balance the focus between factors in a kind of genre genre hybrid. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Excuse me. How many of you guys have seen the Cloverfield movies? The first one, Cloverfield, and then, uh, you know, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then there was a third one, I'm forgetting what it's called, uh, In Outer Space, when they sort of explain how the Cloverfield monster was brought into this dimension. Uh... Anyway, great movies, but 10 Cloverfield Lane with uh, John Goodman is just one of those movies that, besides Cloverfield being in the title, you would never, ever even associate it as a Cloverfield movie. Now, the first one and the third one, they're related, okay? The third one explains what happened just before the first movie. And the first one and third one are pretty good. 10 Cloverfield Lane, if you watch it as its own movie and not put it into the Cloverfield universe, is a pretty decent thriller as well. They're putting it as a horror thriller. I see it more as a thriller, but let's see what it says. Mostly this is a thriller, focused on the tense situation where the protagonist is trying to figure out if the man she is locked with is a captor or a savior, just like he is claiming to be, which is Goodman. However, in the third act, the plot goes full-blown horror. And in the end, the domestic violence theme that surrounds the story harmonizes both genres now alfred hitchcock's the bird the birds is another great example the birds is from the 60s i don't know how many of you guys have seen it if you are a hitchcock fan and you have not seen the birds it is a great movie definitely a thriller in my mind like the vast majority of the master of suspense filmography the plot revolves around a mystery, a mystery with a decidedly tense and thrilling tone. However, once the threat becomes imminent, and even when the protagonists are still trying to decipher the why instead of the who, they decidedly, it decidedly becomes a horror movie. A horror movie as horror movies were back in the 60s. We're not talking full blood, guts, and gore here. To deeply understand this border between horror and thriller, let's talk about the Shining conundrum. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about the Shining. The, horror, the Shining is full of horror elements. The creepy twins in the hallway. I know those twins have given people nightmares for decades. The blood in the elevator the decrepit, naked woman in the bathtub, the mad father, played by by Nicholson with an axe. They are unstoppable forces, big, scary evils. However, the character development, especially that of Jack Torrance, who's Jack Nicholson's character, is definitely more of a thriller. I agree with that. There is constant tension, a whole subtext on domestic violence that's impossible to ignore, a constant mystery in trying to understand what The Shining really is. And in the original Shining movie, it is not explained what The Shining is. Not at all. To really find out what The Shining is, you gotta see the sequel which just came out a couple of years ago, uh, which is great, called Dr. Sleep. There, you will actually find out what Stephen King's intent was when he wrote The Shining and what The Shining means. Uh, Khaleesi says, I still need to watch Dr. Sleep. You know, make that the next movie you watch, Khaleesi. Dr. Sleep with Ewan McGregor is amazing. C.C. Uh, Wheezy writes, Danny, be speaking in those creepy voices. Danny, in a lot of ways, was a star uh, in both movies. He's definitely the star of the second movie, and he was a big part of the first movie. You know, can anybody just forget that red rum, which is murder spelled backwards? Even the horror sequences mentioned above could be interpreted as psychological breaks of those who experience them. Now, Stanley Kubrick, who did the movie The Shining, is a masterpiece precisely because it perfectly combines the supernatural horror with the psychological thriller. And he went different from the book uh, on how Stephen King wrote The Shining. And that brings us to thriller versus horror, Psychological versus supernatural. Good. I'm glad they're going to touch on the paranormal. Uh, And one of the ways to filter the genre is is to determine if the adjectives are supernatural and psychological work at the moment of describing. uh, You see, a lot of these words are blocked out by these stupid ads, and I can't fully read the entire paragraph. Anyway, it's not an exact science, but statistically, the rule goes like this. Supernatural equals horror. How many of you agree with that? How many of you agree that supernatural, or paranormal as I like to call it, is horror? Uh, Most of the dark tone movies, which can be labeled as supernatural, are in the horror genre. This might also be referred to as occult horror. The reason for this is that the supernatural gives rise to solid big evils capable of producing scares. The unknown as a lethal threat is automatically a horror element. For me, it's a thriller element because you're still trying to figure out the what, Who the hell is going on? In addition, in the vast majority of the films with supernatural elements, the exhibition, which is the character's background information, is easily offered through dream sequences or confessions in order to quickly give more context to the big evil. In a thriller, That kind of exhibition is counterproductive and practically anticlimactic. The mystery is what matters, and the audience actively wants to help solve it. That's why finding a solid supernatural thriller is difficult. However, there are exceptions. The Sixth Sense is a supernatural thriller. I absolutely agree with that. The dead people are not the big evil. The focus of the story is on the suspense. The big final plot twist has nothing to do with facing a lethal threat. So I definitely agree with that. Uh, Khaleesi says she will watch Doctor Sleep. Uh, Khaleesi also writes, wasn't it Tony that spoke when he did uh, when he did the, his finger. Uh, don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Now psychological equals thriller. And we just did an episode earlier on uh, the differences and basically defining what psychological horror can really be. let's so let's see what they have to say. Most of the films that can be labeled with the adjective psychological are thrillers, even when they are classified as psychological horror, as in the case of movies such as Black Swan, which was awesome, and Gerald's Game. Yes, there, are, there may be scares in these movies, but, some, but the most important part of the plot is the character struggle to maintain mental stability. The psychological element is a device to enhance the mystery. After all, denied information and unreliable narrators are perfect tools for a thriller. So, you know, I wanted to uh, do this show tonight to sort of clarify if there is a difference between thrillers and horror. How many people out there is this making it a hell of a lot more confusing for you? (laughs) I swear, my intent was not to confuse you anymore, but just try to see if there is a difference. Uh, There is a lot of stuff in this article that I do agree with on how the two are mistakenly mislabeled. Uh, I don't know. Let's continue on. The psychological thriller subgenre reveals more clearly their difference with horror. Movies like Eyes Wide Shut and The Talented Mr. Ripley are psychological thrillers that even though they contain disturbing scenes, like murder scenes, nobody would ever label them as horror. The tension and suspension is the main focus of these stories to further show the difference between thriller versus horror let's go deeper oh boy into the th- thriller subgenres uh look at movies from other subgenres that have very little or nothing to do with horror helps reveal the differences between horror and thriller Films like Taken, The Fugitive, and Speed are action thrillers. All right. I'm sure, I mean, a lot of us have seen Speed, uh, you know, with Keanu Reeves, The Fugitive uh, with Harrison Ford, Taken with Liam Neeson, all great movies in their own respect. The focus is not exclusively on fights and explosions, but in a tense, investigation or mystery and a race against time most definitely in the movie speed seven and no country for old men are crime thrillers ah seven was such an amazing movie uh man seven is definitely a thriller i would not label seven a horror movie it uh You know, crime thriller, you want to put the word crime in front of thriller, that's fine. But Seven, with Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt. God damn, what an awesome movie. Their plot revolves around investigators or cat and mouse situations where, again, a thrilling chase is happening. Finally, predictability in thriller versus horror a good way to pinpoint the genre of a movie is by its predictability in a thriller predictability is a big no-no the uncertainty is what builds suspense and tension in horror predictability is somewhat necessary so you know what to simplify this I think this paragraph is the best one, okay? In a thriller, there is no predictability. You know, expect the unexpected. In a horror movie like Halloween, which they mentioned earlier, yes, you've got this mass murderer out on the loose, so you are expecting and you get a lot of people being murdered. In Friday the 13th, when a group of young campers arrived to spend a few days in Crystal Lake, we expect many of them to be killed by Jason Voorhees. Well, not in the original, it was his mom. Horror movies often feature young protagonists. This is a genre within a genre known as teen horror. And I swear to you guys, this is the first time in my life I have ever heard the term teen horror. The vulnerability and predictability of youth make young people easy targets. Other outcomes outside the young campers being killed would feel disappointing. The audience of a horror movie wants to be scared, and for that, it's essential to know who the big evil is almost from the beginning. The entertainment comes... In how not if in conclusion the difference the differences might seem slight however as illustrated they are crucial and elemental in screenwriting knowing the differences in genre is a key part of knowing how to write a screenplay nailing the differences and potential overlaps will give you as a writer more power over your screenplay, and over your audience. Wow. That was thorough. Okay? That was thorough. Uh, I swear my intention was not to confuse you guys even more. I think I understand the gist of what they're saying. I agree with a lot of what they said. I disagree with some parts. So... In my conclusion, I liked how they summarized it. In a thriller, expect the unexpected. If you know what's going to happen, it's either poor writing or it's definitely not a thriller. In a horror movie, yeah, you're going to see death, blood, guts, gore, maybe a lot of jump scares. Also, there are a lot of good horror movies that don't have uh a lot of jump scares so anyway guys there you have it i want to thank you guys so much for tuning in today uh i want to wish everyone safe holiday uh merry christmas happy hanukkah uh please stay safe stay protected uh i don't know if you guys have noticed but the world is crazy right now I'll be back on the air again Monday, December 28th, for a few episodes before New Year's Eve, and then I'm sure we're all eager for 2021 to get here. Uh, It's been a weird year, to say the least. Uh, One of the ways that I've been able to get through this year is to come here every night and talk with all you guys. And... It's what made 2020 bearable for me. And this one hour that I get to spend with all you guys is by far uh, the part of my day that I look forward to the most. And I want to thank you guys, all the loyal viewers who are tuning in right now. Uh, You guys are awesome. There's no other way to put it. I love you guys. I want to say thank you to uh, my team that is invaluable to Dead Talk Live and to me. You guys are awesome. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Everybody, like I said, stay safe. And I'll be back with you on Monday. I will be posting throughout the next four days any videos, pictures, updates. Uh, So please keep checking our social media. Check out our website, deadtalklive.com, to see all of our featured episodes, recent episodes, uh, see our guest list, our upcoming guests, and so on. And uh, go to YouTube. Our channel is Dead Talk Live. Please go ahead and subscribe. We just started streaming to Twitch. Again, Throughout all our social media to find us, all you got to do is search for Dead Talk Live. And that's on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, Follow us on YouTube. If you're there right now, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. Check out our Twitch channel. Like I said, it was just recently added in the last three or four days. So now we're simultaneously streaming the five different networks anyway guys you guys are awesome as always i'll see you again on monday stay safe and stay walking